Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. And this is one that I am just so, so excited to bring to you. We're having on a repeat guest, but we're doing something a little bit different with him this time. I want to welcome back to the show Nick Bartholomew. He owns Over Easy and the Dandelion Pop-Up. Nick, welcome to the show. Oh, so excited to be back and uh, not via teleconference. Yes, the last time that I had you on the podcast was like when all the COVID restrictions were going down and we didn't really know what to do. So yeah, you were actually, we were were seeing each other, but but through a TV screen and now we're talking in person and that is phenomenal. I love it. Much better. So when you first talked about, um, or excuse me, when you first came on the podcast in March, we talked about you know, all the things that were going on in your life. We talked about over easy. We talked about um, some of the different social contributions you were making in the wake of COVID and everything that was going on. We talked a little bit about Dandelion, but now that Dandelion is like fully back up and running and it's been going for a couple months now, I really want to focus in on that today. And so I want to reset the stage real quick for those who haven't heard of Dandelion. It's a It's a small building off of 13th and Howard in downtown Omaha that hosts a pop-up lunch each week, starting each Friday, excuse me, starting at 11 a.m., usually until 1 or whenever all the food sells out. And the thing that's awesome about it is each week, a different chef or cook from an Omaha restaurant or a catering company or something gets a chance to come in, create their own menu of just five to 10 different items and then kind of serve it concession stand style for a couple hours. And it's just a really fun community event. Um, It ran from 2016 to 2018. Uh, Missed the 2019 season. There was a little bit of legal red tape and stuff going on, but it's back now, arguably better than ever. It's become a weekly ritual for me, unless something with work or something interrupts it. So I guess I just want to start real broad with you. How excited are you, Nick, to to have Dandelion like back up and running full time. Man, it's been absolutely the highlight of, you know, my profession this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of stuff that's included pivots and moves and quick decisions, but Dandelion has been the one thing that really has been, you know, a breath of fresh air and given us a spot to do interesting, creative things and interact with the public. So we couldn't be happier to be back and we're so happy that it's being embraced and, it's a great thing, we think. Yeah, what has the community's response been to Dandelion's return? Yeah, you know, I think they've always been really, really interested in, you know, who's coming, what the food's going to be. But now, you know, we're doing a little bit more um, after the giveaways and after the orchestras and symphony mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So I think that now we're starting to, people want to stop by and say, you know, what's coming up. So there is a little bit of a different attitude now as opposed to what is this? It's more like what's coming up. And so we think that's been great. And that's one of the things that's so fun about Dandelion is like, there's just so much intrigue that comes with it. You're never really sure, you know, exactly what's coming next. Like, even when you guys tease out who the chef is going to be next week, you don't necessarily know what's going to be on the menu because right. because chefs and cooks, they like to kind of experiment with things that they get to do outside of their kitchen. So I think mm-hmm. it's just so fun because it's like this, it's like opening a present each week. <laughs> and when you guys finally tease out, you know, the menu on Thursday, it's just like, oh, it, it is like, you know, just that thrill of seeing this is what I get to experience tomorrow. And I think that's really fun. Cool. I love that. That's exactly the way we want it to be. So this is a food podcast. So I want to give people some examples of just some of the wonderful things that I've experienced at Dandelion so yeah. far this year. Just tease some taste buds a little bit. Like, Sausage and peppers and Italian beef fries from David Lasolia Virtuoso Pizzeria. The current record holder, might, I might I add. Record holder for day sales. I well, he did have the two. He had dinner. He, he had dinner but as hey, well. That takes extra energy it, and effort. It was incredible. Right. Oh my gosh, right. that was one of the better meals I've had. Um, some other thing, queso tacos mm-hmm. from Isla Del Mar. Just this past week, we had pickled fried chicken with garlic honey from Kitchen Table. Just ridiculous. Wow. Got to give a shout out to our guy, Tim Maids, the Omaha food facilitator. He came up <laughs> with some uh, some tortas and elote fritters. Or so that was good. I mean, there's just so many different unique cuisines and different food styles that you can experience at Dandelion. What's, what's been your personal favorite so far this year? Oh my gosh. You know, they, there is no favorites at Dandelion because it's so exciting, you know, and you really think that what happens is, is the general like growth of it has been that one chef wants to do awesome. And Mm -hmm. 
then the next chef wants to do better than that chef did, you know? And so yeah. the growth that it's seen just being a part of the culture and creating a culture of its own has been unbelievable. But I mean, I think that the definite ballsiest move was the fried chicken. Uh-huh. Uh, no chef has done fried chicken yet, you know, because of the made to orderness of mm-hmm. fried chicken and long cook times and uh, the art form that is fried chicken. But um, they did it this week with tremendous success. I think that that fried chicken has to be, I mean, number one and number two fried chickens I've ever had ever, you know, right. and so regardless of pop up or elsewhere, the fried chicken, you know, stood the test. And I think that uh, it passed. And I hope that you loved it because that one was a dandy for sure. Yeah, that was that was really special. And I, I loved that garlic honey on there. Like the fried chicken well, was fantastic on its own. But then you just added that and it was it's just like the perfect sweet savory combination. Uh, what's the most fun part of dandelion for you? Is it seeing the chefs like be creative is it seeing the long lines is it seeing people be happy like what's what's the best part of this experience for you you know all those things that you just said is what I would have said before I started you know Mm -hmm. that I would have guessed would have been it but now the answer is watching the weak chef or cook go from extraordinarily nervous to so excited to come back Uh you know what I mean that the spectrum of emotion gets them re-energized it gets them invigorated it takes them through the roller coaster that is this food scene and it's all that microcosm in one place and so you know for example the fried chicken guys dan whalen and moses mosley last week did a great job and they've already recommitted to do uh, a saturday oh that's awesome that saturday is going to be halloween and so they're going to do a halloween pop-up Uh, because they had so much fun you know they were prepared as prepared could be and they knocked it out of the park and so I think they grew that confidence and hats off to kitchen table for letting them you know have that creative ability and they're ready to go for round two already so that has really been the coolest part of it is to see them go from oh my gosh how do I do this and do you supply the lemonade to you know what I mean all of a sudden they pop their collar and they're ready to go and they get a little cocky the second third time Uh uh-huh now, you mentioned a couple minutes ago, like, there's almost a little bit of a, a competition between the chefs <laughs> to always try and one-up another. And, I, I mean, I don't think that's vicious competition. I think Not it's, like, all. friendly Healthy competition. Sure. Yeah, but, like, <clears throat> can you kind of go into that? How do you see that manifest? So, one week one chef might not scrub the mop sink and then the next one takes that as the one thing that was missed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they'll and that's leave. good for you too. Right, it's yeah, been amazing, right? It's been for everybody. And yeah. so, I mean, like, I think that part of it's been super cool is like they are definitely watching and seeing what's working. They see the videos. They see, you know, the story mentions that go on on Danny Lyons, Danny Lyons Instagram page and they see kind of the energy that's going around it from the lives. Um, and so, I mean, that kind of stuff has really been the best. Um, to see its growth and to see its development as a pop-up where I was going through some pages the other day and found a book of my, you know, scribbles of what ideas that I may or may not come up with. And here was the original dandelion entry. Uh And it was like, who am I going to invite? Are we going to do this every Friday or every other Friday? Um, And there was only a list of like six names that I knew at that point. But, you know, for me, seeing the guys and girls come down and just kick butt and then just be reinvigorated into what they've done all along and find that love every time has been the best part for me. Okay. You just segued perfectly into where (laughs) I wanted to go next. That was a professional move right there because I want to go back to the very beginning Mm -hmm. and I want to know like, you know, this is not a concept that is uh, familiar in Omaha. And I think it took some time for Omaha to kind of figure out what this thing was because we're not used to seeing it. We're used to the traditional restaurant Pop-ups are kind of a thing, but not like a, a permanent space for a different pop-up mm-hmm. each week. So how did you originally come up with a concept for Dandelion? You know, I think that collectively we all in the food industry don't love certain parts, but do love other parts. And then taking that part away of, you know, having all this prep work to do and the monotony of the food life sometimes, just like any job, you know, is kind of what detracts. And so in this case, how could I subtract that but have an ever-changing menu that would constantly be upheld by a thought process of anyone that wanted to be creative? And so when I 
first started seeing what we could do with dandelion, I thought to myself, well, a concession stand is kind of what binds us all, whether it be a food truck or a catering company, there was a start somewhere. And so dandelion was, you know, that incarnate. And it was just kind of this little shack that was unassuming. It really didn't have any um, history attached to it, like other buildings may or may not have. Mm -hmm. And so it was also in a beautiful, beautiful location in the middle of downtown, right on the cusp of the old market where there was plenty of traffic and, you know, ways to get to us. So I think that that part was, that was good. And I mean, when we drove by it after the market house burned down, I see this shack and it wasn't being utilized. And so that, that, that idea kind of grew from there, but it was always something that I think that pop-ups were gaining steam elsewhere Mm -hmm. and using those food locations for secondary occupants was a cool thing. And it really got me immersed more in Omaha to see what these chefs really were about necessarily not binded to whatever restaurant they may be working for. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so as this idea enters your head and you start kind of like bouncing around and talking about it with people, were they like gung ho from the beginning or were other people in the industry kind of like, ah, we did, we haven't really seen that here. I I don't know. Like what was kind of the response among those in the industry? Yeah. Great question. You know, um, Tim Maids is ride or die. You know what I mean? I think that that's one thing I can't stress enough right now is at that point in time, Tim Maids and I were just having fun, you Uh know, and so that was something where he got the first call, you know, and I said, he didn't think he was getting the first call. Yeah, he he (laughs) talked about on the pod a couple weeks ago, he thought he was going to go second and Uh, like somebody else was going to be the guinea pig. And then I think they had to drop out and all of a sudden. Batter yes. up. Well, you go, yeah, he got the first call. He just didn't want the first date. Oh, right? gotcha. And okay, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He definitely knows. But, he, I mean, in the end, he's the best sport, right? And we've been through the slings and arrows, you know, of of this business before. And so um, I think one thing he definitely alluded to in that last podcast was there was some concern from a fellow employee that we were about <laughs> yeah. to be shut down. And Tim Maids was making the decision on whether to unload the food and bring it in or put it back in the truck and drive off. And he said, who's talking to him? And he's, he said, Nick's talking to him. He's like, all right, well, we're going to keep unloading because something's going to get figured out. You know, uh-huh. we haven't come this far to be shut down. And Tim knows that because of the conversations leading up to his uh, first ever dandelion. But, I mean, really, like, that part of it is the cool part. Right. And being able to be a platform that isn't um, hindered by anything. And I mean, I guess that even includes the coronavirus in this case, you mm-hmm. know, because there was six bases from the Omaha Symphony and the Omaha Chamber of Music at Dandelion on Saturday night. And we um, didn't initially sell out tickets. But by the time that neighborhood heard what was going on and the thing was happening, you can bet we needed more chairs. Uh-huh. And so that part of Dandelion has been great. And I think it continual the continual like momentum push of that, whether it be the chefs or the musicians or whatever we do next, I think is really what's cool about Dandelion. Mm -hmm. Now you said you just went back and found your list of like the first chefs that you were thinking about inviting. Like if you feel comfortable, like who was on that list and like, how did you start to put together? Like, okay, I have this really cool idea. I think it's going to (laughs) work now. How the heck do I get other people to buy in and make it happen? And that was everything. Right. And like, we went through that evolution. It was so fun because the list was a list of cold calls, right? It was Mm -hmm. people that I had admired in the business. And, you know, sometimes from afar, you you see them, but you don't want to talk to them because, you know, you don't know if they want to talk to you. Uh, and so those were relationships like segues into, hey, I got this idea. Are you interested in putting yourself out there? Really is kind of the way that call went. And so the short list was obviously the who's who at that time. So, you know, obviously Dario, Timmy, mm-hmm. Paul was on that list. You know, David Utterback came down that first year. Glenn was involved the first year. And that is so, a rock star lineup. you know, the boys the first year really were the reason it helped Dan Watts did an amazing barbecue, you know? And so, I mean, those kind of guys that first year really got us in a spot to believe that we could be something. Um, but we were also yelling out to people walking by some of those first days, Hey, we're open to the public or come on, it's barbecue day. You know what I mean? And trying to coax them in because we really didn't have podcasts like yours to put out there. And so Uh that the knowledge was raised and stuff. So those, um, 
those grassroots days ended up being the most fun, you know, but now those long lines are sure cool. You yeah. know what I mean? And I mean, right now, for example, because of the COVID scare, we used to have seating out there with umbrellas and chairs, and that hasn't been allowed just yet back. But um, I can assure you, once those tables and chairs are coming back, places like Bench, places like Wood Chaser are going to be creating those. Mm-hmm. And so some of our local companies will be putting together some really, really cool things um, dedicated to the chefs that have already come and will be coming to Dandelion. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be great. Was there a tipping point that you can kind of look back on where you go from making a bunch of cold calls and like having to convince people to come to Dandelion where all of a sudden it kind of flips and people are being like, hey, you know, can I get on the Dandelion roster this year? Or are there any, you know, available dates or anything Mm. like that? What a good question. I mean, we're still going through that. But I would say year two and a half, once meeting Sasha the first time on the Michael Severe show and really becoming that more mainstream um, and being a part of, you know, people's adherence to food, all of a sudden the startups community started calling, mm-hmm. right? They started reaching out online. Um, and so that was really the day I felt real confident in what we were doing. I think that once the startups wanted to use your platform, that was the goal all along is really, here's what Omaha is, but I know as a start out company and over easy, we didn't have what we needed right away. We had to go look for that money. I had to beg family and friends, you know, and so really breaking that ceiling was a hard thing. And so I wanted to be that middle man to mm-hmm. helping, you know, that growth be possible to people believe I do have an outlet. I don't have to buy a food truck. I just have to, you know, go call Dandelion. And so I think about year two and a half when it was hitting the mainstream and we were getting those calls from startups is really where I gained some self-assurance about it. You know, I think that part's really fun is because now I have, you know, four or five of those to share with you today that have now taken on Saturdays because our Fridays are full. And so, I mean, there's guys that you haven't heard of on here, like Kenny Jesus, who's doing a Hawaiian night who's going to have a comedy show on a Saturday night down in the middle of the old market. Dude, yes. And so, I mean, that's just what these guys are willing to do to break that ceiling. And if they have to use Dandelion as that platform to get recognized and come on podcasts or whatever it is, then that's what we're here to do. That's fantastic. It's been great. Yeah. I, I love that so much. Just the, and I was going to get to this later, but let's just bring it up now. Like, yeah, I, I love to see just the growth that Dandelion has had where, it is absolutely fantastic if it's just a Friday pop-up for lunch from 11 to 1 or 11 to 2 or whatever. But so far this year, we've seen a dinner service. We've seen live music. We've seen, um, I think there's a mariachi band that came yeah, out. You absolutely. just mentioned there's, there's, there's a symphony series <laughs> right. that's going on right now. And now you're talking about having Saturday lunches and maybe even dinners as well. Like, mm-hmm. How much fun is it for you to see like even your original concept, like, to see other people kind of come in and throw their ideas and like just see this thing expand into something more than you even originally intended. You know, it's untetheredness is what the draw has to be. You know, I think that that part of Dandelion is in its name. It's intrinsic. You know, we don't know where we're going to blow off to and pop up and what it's going to look like next, but you can assure yourself it'll have to do with community involvement and beautifying what we can expect from, you know, each other. And I think that it's been awesome. And I think these Saturday pop-ups, you know, like Oasis Falafel is this Saturday, for example, you know, and so they're doing a Saturday. um, And then that Sunday is, so we're doing Friday this week will be V Mertz. Um, They're uh, one of their Sue's is doing a great Mufaletta this week. Okay. Uh, And so that's going to be phenomenal. And then Oasis comes in Saturday and then the orchestra comes in Sunday. So we have a full weekend. And I mean, you know, once upon a time where I was working real close with Danny Mendez of the boiler room and he was setting up taco Tuesdays. Right. And so taco Tuesdays were the idea that whoever the number two was in a restaurant or number three was in the restaurant, that those were their days, but we wanted a taco format. So we had 15 Taco Tuesdays that Dandy Floor has set up for us at once, you know, I think it was in 2018. But, I mean, that's really what Danny Lyon's supposed to be is what if we can get five, six, seven days a week out of her, uh-huh. you know, and really kind of make it into something that the community is constantly excited about what it could be. And, I mean, yeah, you can walk right by because today isn't your flavor, but tomorrow it we're going to catch you, yeah. you know. And so I think that that's been the fun, and I think that that continues to be um, – that there's no bar that we set for ourselves because 
that would be silly. Why not just let it be everything? And mm-hmm. so that's what we're excited to see is in five years when we talk again, what have we accomplished? What you just said just sparked something really interesting in my mind. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, the Dave Chang podcast. I listen to that. Uh, and yeah. he, he's a little bit of a pessimist. I'll, I'll just cop to that right off the bat. But he talks a lot about how the restaurant industry has long been broken. There are a lot of things that need to be changed about it. And COVID is just the thing that kind of is going to force those changes and the restaurant industry is never going to be the same again. I don't necessarily know if all that is true. That might be going a little far, but I think that kind of speaks to the importance of dandelion because dandelion, it is this ball of clay. Hmm. It is, it can be molded each and every week into something completely different, you know, and it's, it's not the traditional sit down restaurant. You're not making a reservation there. You can just walk by and be like, Oh, those tacos smell amazing. I'm going to go get one. So, and we trust it now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's built up that cachet with the community and with the public. And yeah, I don't even know where I was really going. Yeah, no, with that, it's, but. I mean, that's <laughs> to us, you know, I had some long conversations with, you know, my best friend Joe and Tim Maids about what this looks like, you mm-hmm. know, and what dandelion could be. And so there is behind the scenes guys whose wheels are spinning too as to what dandelion looks in the future. And I think we got a pretty good surprise coming soon, you know, and I think that that surprises um, our answer to how can we do this in the winter, if I can leave you with that. And so, I mean, that kind of idea is where we're going, um, you know, like as a group, as a collective. And I mean, really, I think that whether it be the chef that makes it a little bit better because he has a process that he's now brought down to Dandelion and he wants the boxes over here and this is the way we should serve the beverages. Mm-hmm. Awesome, because we are that clay. We want to be that clay. And really, um, you know, David Lasoli is already wanting to set up Tortellini night and, oh, and he's trying nice. to get it in this year, you know. And so Canara, uh, for example, wanted November 13th because mm-hmm. they believe that their food was something that transmuted winter. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And really kind of felt better then. And I mean, like I said, the Hawaiian night's going to be great. And uh, I think that if you see the symphony videos, you can see how cool having, um, you know, the the charcuterie tray that we put together where Le Cordier gave baguette and Cure gave dry cured ham and Boiler Room sliced that ham. You know what I mean? And so it's become this collective of individuals who now were like, what is it again? Tell me where you guys are and who is this I'm talking to, you know, to a point where it's absolutely, we'd love to help because we know the guy who's doing this week and we'd want him to help us. And so these guys are down there willing to help. And if someone needs a fryer because of an emergency that, you know, Remertz and Plank and Pepper Jacks and even, you know, those kinds of guys like us being in the neighborhood. And I think it's been a cool thing. And the names on this list are, you know, Joel Marr coming up and Jenny Coco and B&G Tasty Foods and, oh, there's Block 16, you Incredible. know what I mean? yeah. And so I think that that's a testament to where we're going. And, you know, it's a shame we didn't get the man from Chicago this year, but we'll get next him next year. year. Yeah, bring him that. back. <laughs> bring him sure. back. And, and more. So thank you, you know, for, like, being a part of a proponent of what we're doing and, you know, helping the knowledge get out there. We appreciate all that. Of course, of course. Now, one of the things that I – think is so cool about dandelion and we touched on this a little bit in the podcast but i think there's the the chefs that i think host it kind of fall into from what i've seen at least kind of one of three buckets you have established chefs that want to try something different than they do every day in their normal restaurants right you kind of have up and coming chefs of new restaurants that really get to you know showcase their food to customers potentially for the first time where someone tries their food at dandelion they're like oh what's this restaurant okay i'm going there next week and then there's like sous chefs and cooks at current restaurants that have really creative minds but there's a restaurant Mm -hmm. hierarchy and you don't necessarily you know you can't just say okay i'm gonna cook this today jump to the top yeah Yeah, exactly so there's kind of those three different buckets is do you think that's accurate or am i am i missing a group or yeah i mean you know just like anything, just like any job, you know, you have the journeyman, you have the guys who are in charge of the journeyman, then you have the guys who are in charge of them. And I think that in this case, like that's the food industry as a whole. And I think that that's what dandelion offers, you know, is back in the day, you didn't have a way to get out from under these constraints of an Italian restaurant that you may work at because you love, you know, making something completely different like burgers and fries, you know, and your recipe is better than everyone else because of that milk bun that your mom does. But uh-huh. dandelion allots that, you know, so all of a sudden 
for example, kitchen table, Colin and Jess didn't come down, but they sent two talented individuals who are chefs in their own right for kitchen table this week. And the same will go for V Mertz this, this coming week on this Friday. Um, Jake isn't specifically doing it. He's allowing, uh, you know, one of the gals beneath him to do it. And boiler room was the same thing with chef Andrew Novak. And so that's, you know, the, the ideal here, the ideal is, is that we're being utilized by the restaurants downtown because the chefs have already done it. And so now they're using it as a gift to their talented individuals underneath them. And it's becoming more and more and more because those individuals are becoming happier as, as the outlet grows. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love about Dandelion is it kind of takes down the wall between the kitchen and the dining room. And that like, if I go to Dario's, there's a very small chance that I'm going to see Dario. <laughs> if I go to Jay Coco, I'm probably not going to see Janie Coco. That's not their fault. They're working. Like right. they're not, their job is not usually to go out in the dining room and, and schmooze with people. But yeah. when you come to Dandelion, all of a sudden, there are award-winning chefs like standing right across the counter from you and you can interact with them and you can talk with them as they make your food. How important is that aspect of it to you where you're kind of bringing down the wall between diner and cook? That is the most fun for them too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you'll see Jenny get involved because Jenny and Dario are both two people that are very adherent to their style, you know, and they want things done the right way. They don't want you to see them as vulnerable, whether it be in a concession stand in the middle of the old market or their own restaurant, they want to be seen as top notch. And the truth is, is they are. And I don't think you'll be too surprised to know that, you know, mm -hmm. and so they really put these, you know, mentalities in play in dandelion and so when you see them they want had to have everything handled so they can say hello or you can say hey we'll see you tonight we're bringing in my mom's birthday party and we always order the sea bass you know what i mean and those kinds of things are what lift you up and the chef might not like say thank you right then because their nose is in it but when they walk away from dandelion that's what makes the call so easy the next year is because they remembered that that lady said that, and later that night they saw that lady, and they thanked them, and they clapped, and they cheered them, or whatever. And, you know, um, Kitchen Table has an amazing brunch service the following Saturday. And uh, Isla Del Mar, you know, that night, Friday evening, for people who didn't make it to the pop-up, rushed Isla Del Mar that night. So really, that's what we got to be trying to do together, you know, if – you're putting it out there and someone couldn't make it to lunch. Well, those tacos made me so hungry. I want to go see those for dinner. And so, honey, let's go. And really, that's the support that we can create just out of a concession stand. Mm -hmm. And just to your point, I had not been to Isla Del Mar before nice. I came to the Dandelion Pop. I had heard a lot of good things, but I hadn't actually gone. And I went and I tried the the case of tacos and uh the i think it was shrimp ceviche nice and i was so taken by it i <laughs> went and got takeout from the the next night it, like it was so good like i think that's the kind of just that again i'm using the same metaphor but just bringing down the wall that yeah, dandelion barrier, does yeah. yeah they just they expose people to restaurants that they might not have well, tried might not be, know about the, the neighborhood has to be it can't be isolated. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just because I live in a certain part of town and Isla Del Mar is in a different part of town and I'll get something eh, that's close to that, but it's not quite that. Cause I don't want to go to that neighborhood. It's not my neighborhood. No, that's not the case because hopefully your craving for that case of taco is so much stronger than you will your willpower to stay on your couch uh -huh. that you're going to at least make the phone call. And so, I mean, that's been awesome. You know what I mean? And just bringing the awareness not only to Dandelion, but to what other guys are doing. Because even if you don't see Dario, you'll, Jordan Reed does a pop-up. Now you know Jordan. You know, yep. even if you don't see Chef Tim Nicholson, there's, you know, Andrew Novak standing right there next to Colin Warner. And you say, oh, I saw you guys this week. And really it kind of adds that neighborhood, down-home cook and feel to these restaurants that are otherwise fancy and amazing. But it brings loyalty. It brings brand recognition. And I think that those things are all paramount to Dandelion, just like, you know, the food is. Mm -hmm. now, I'm so curious about just like, the process of how one of these things gets set up. So I just want you to like kind of take me through and maybe it's different you know, on a case by case basis, but like, let's just say, you know, a, a chef says you guys agree on a date. You say, okay, we're going to do, you know, Friday, September, 
uh, you know, 17th or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. What's the process like from there? Like what's the back and forth between like determining the menu and like determining logistics? Like, do we have to get fryers in here? Do yeah. we have to get grills in here? Like what even, what happens after the date is set? So, I mean, the good news about this is, is now, right? So let's say the date's set. All right. So let's just use one for an example that hasn't been here before. Oh, Catman Dew's coming. He's been here before. Okay. So like, um, Block 16. Block 16 and Dire Lion, this will be their first years doing Dandelion Pop-Up. Mm-hmm. So two things can happen. The recourse is either since they're coming up, they have time to see what others are doing. Oh, yeah. And so then there's restaurants that do their own due diligence. They come in and they see it firsthand. They ask questions on site. They look at what the process has been like in action. And then they ask about what the prep numbers are, et cetera, right? And so then... Those are the on-hand ones. There's other ones that say, hey, set me through it. You know, like, what's Dandelion's take on how do you come at that money? What does the beverage service look like? Do we bring, you know, the alcohol and the lemonade? And then they ask, you know, what's the average person do? And so then we tell them, you know, here's the, here's the breakdown. And so we say there's two to three main dishes that we want you to decide from and that there is no adherence to style or flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do what you wish. Come as you are. And if, like, for example, Eco was going to do Peruvian food this year, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to try to still get them on the schedule, but they had to they had to postpone. And so um, Eco said, is that okay? Is that okay that we do Peruvian food? I said, listen, of course it's okay. And absolutely that's what we want you to do is whatever you're comfortable with and you want to, you know, people to know about you. So then they ask those questions and then they say, well, vegetarian or vegan options? And we say, always welcome. Always something that we try to offer our public is a vegetarian or a vegan option. So please keep that in mind. And then side dishes, kind of the same thing. Two to three side dishes, something fun, mm-hmm. something fancy. You know, Tim Maids brings the Elodi fritters. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what Those are you things do? were incredible. Right. And, like, he's never done an Elodi fritter. He doesn't, I mean, that's the fun part, right, is he was a little nervous about it. And, like, if you aren't nervous about it, then you're not pushing. Uh-huh. And exactly. so that's got to be what Danny Lyon's at least a part of to one – one part of your meal, right? And so then the dessert one week was Karen Barrett's dessert. One week was frosty bush light, right? And then <laughs> last week was strawberry chess pie from mm-hmm. someone's grandmother's collection. And so, I mean, really that part of Dandelion is so open to your interpretation of it as a chef or someone who's visiting. That's the process. And so once we get that part figured out, everybody kind of feels more comfortable once they see it in action because that's where we all started. We all started behind some line or on some front of the house floor, you know, talking to customers or pouring some drink. And so realistically, the concession stand takes us all back to working at a baseball game somewhere uh-huh. along the way and really trying to learn our way or being the dishwasher. And so it becomes that fun. At some point in Dandelion, there's always a point, and it's usually like 1245, right, where the chefs know They've done it, uh-huh. right? There's no more reason for concern. I don't know if it's like the top of the bell curve of anxiety or where it is exactly, but there's always a point where they get that smile or they make some noise, right? We've come, come to know that there's a dandelion noise and each chef's is different. So <laughs> someone will be like, you know, like, come on, let's go. We're almost done. You know, it'll be some like battle cry. Uh-huh. And some chef will just be a straight woohoo, you know, but each chef has a different way of showing you that, they feel good about what just happened. They're happy that they're there and that the anxieties left the building. And so that's really been the fun part of Danny line is seeing these personalities, creating a relationship with them and hopefully pushing stuff forward, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's kind of what we'll continue to do. And we hope that anybody that comes on the podcast, that anybody that's interested in food, that anybody who, you know, loves the old market or all of the above contacts, Danny Lyon gets on our list and brings something cool. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about a lot of reasons why Dandelion is important, about the different, you know, kind of connections that it creates and everything. And I, I think those all apply in any year during any time. I Personally, I think Dandelion has been extremely important, especially during this period of COVID. And I know myself personally, I've been working from home for about six months now, and my wife and I have really tried to you know, we've, we've been very careful. We've, we've self-isolated. We haven't, we don't really see friends and family a lot. We don't Mm -hmm. go out to eat in restaurants very often at all. 
And I just, for me personally, as kind of an extrovert, that's been really tough because <laughs> I don't get to see friends and family. I'm not interacting with people a lot. You know, even seeing people over Zoom or whatever at work is not, is not the same. So for me, Dandelion has become like this social event where I don't know really what's going on or who I'm going to see during the week or who I'm going to get to interact with. But I know on Friday at 11 a.m., I get a chance to go down. I get a great meal. I get to safely, you know, see other people, meet other people. Like there are people that I've interacted with online on Twitter or on Facebook and stuff, and they'll come up and say hi to me. Like it's just this connector. Mm-hmm. And it's been so important for me personally. I, I guess, you know, I know you think Dandelion has always been important and it has, but do you think it's taken on like an increased role in this current climate? You know, if we're not here to make each other feel more comfortable or more confident or, I don't know, safer, mm-hmm. then you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And in a situation where Dandelion has an outpost and there's so many voices out there in the world that don't, that why wouldn't we use that voice to make each other full in the stomach or happy in the mind or comfortable with your community. And so whether that means handing out bags of food or enjoying a rosé next to an Omaha Symphony bass player or meeting, you know, your favorite chef that you've never met before. I mean, realistically, that has to be the fabric of what our businesses and what the evolution of restaurants can be, have to be, need to be. And I mean, I think that, you know, I'm the guy who created Dandelion and really I don't do a lot of work. You know, these guys do the work. These gals do the work. They come in and clean. They set up their expertise. I put on a piece of paper what their menu is, Mm -hmm. you know. And so if in the meantime of, you know, putting that piece of paper together, um, I can, you know, call those same chefs and say, hey, do you have a couple pounds of ham that you were going to throw away because of a pandemic that we can give to someone else? They did the work again. They paid for that ham. Mm-hmm. They paid for those ears of corn, you know, whatever it is that they gave us. That wasn't my dollar. It was the community's dollar. It was that restaurant's dollar. And so I think that Dandelion is untethered, like I said before, because of the need, right? So the need this year in 2020 was a never-changing need. And mm-hmm. those restrictions put us in a different way, you know. But if we're not here to, to evolve – what everything can be and make it look happier, make it look healthier, make it look more comfortable than realistically, you know, we're headed in the wrong direction. And so I hope that in the end, there's more dandelions than Applebee's on every corner. Amen to that. And so, I mean, realistically, if we can all have a dandelion in each community pocket and someone takes on their love for that community and I can walk away and just fill out the piece of paper again because someone who loves La Vista or Ralston or South Omaha wants to create their own dandelion or wildflower or whatever it is they want to do, then that's what this has to be about. It has to be about showing people that if it changes, so will we. Uh huh. Um, I apologize. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, <laughs> but I, I'm, I need to know this question. Do you have like a favorite all-time dandelion story, whether that's just like a day where it was particularly crazy or a favorite meal or a yeah. favorite interaction with a chef or something? Yeah, okay, you can never, I mean, this might get, you know, a little like, this. we might go back and blurt this one out later. You know, this is the, <laughs> the caveat you gave me earlier. But so once upon a time, no one knew what dandelion was. And I was sent on a fool's errand by the Omaha Chamber of Commerce in my mind, which was once we got the details worked out and I got the key to Dandelion and everybody knew it was good and the red tape had been crossed, we got set up. The backstory to the Tim Maid story about why that health inspector showed up that we never got into the backstory of was that you need a hand sink, a three compartment sink and a mop sink no matter what to have this working. Well, we had two of the three at the time. We didn't have the mop sink because there's six inches of concrete in that little concession stand before you get to the plumbing. Uh And so that has to be chiseled up. And as you can attest, it's no easy task. Right. And so we didn't know that that wasn't something that we were privy to. We were just going to be a concession stand. We thought we were a catering event and it was going to go on. 
Well, so we got in there and the health department told us that that wasn't the case and that that days they were, we were going to have to do donations because it was going to have to be giveaways because we weren't in adherence with the health department regulations. And so what I came to find out was I was going to have to have a plumber out and figure out that how to adhere. Well, when we did that, we found it was going to cost $10,000 just to put this one last oh sink gosh. in, have all the stuff hauled away, taken out, and plumbed in. So $10,000 for something that was at this point a concept yeah. <laughs> in, in your eye isn't what your expectation was because you were already at opening day. And now to backtrack was frustrating to say the least. Uh -huh. So I called the Chamber of Commerce and said, oh, my gosh, this is what has happened did you know? And they said, yes, we did know. And so and they didn't tell you. Not only did we know when you get the plan that you're going to use to put that plumbing in and stuff like that, send it on over. We're going to take it under advisement and stamp on it and then give it back to you. And then you can spend your own money to go ahead and get that plumbing oh in. Oh my gosh. Go forth. So that night I wrote a $10,000 check to a friend and he started the digging and he got, mm, I would say halfway done before around 7 a.m. I got a call from the chamber saying, what on the earth are you doing? We told you, you needed to file, follow the process. And I said, oh, I must have forgot, like you forgot <laughs> to tell me about the mop sink. <laughs> and so I said, I can stop right now and I can walk away or I can go ahead and finish up and we can continue on with dandelion like we planned. Which one do you want? And so here we are four years yeah. later. <laughs> they didn't want to clean up the mess. So we went ahead and dandelion lives on. So that's one of those stories again, that, you know, everything is built from the ground up that maybe nobody really knows. And I'm sure the chamber doesn't want you to know, but our relationship with RDG and everything moving forward has been awesome. They actually came out and, bought 59 meals uh, when Karen Barrett was down. Wow. So RDG, big love, you know, came out and supported us and what we were doing. And that's the new uh, tenant to that property. And Collier's, the owner of that land, has been phenomenal. For example, they paid for the stage mm -hmm. for um, the uh, musicians to play on this weekend. Mm -hmm. So there was a hole left by the big screen that was there. Collier's paid for the stage to get done and... I mean, they've been amazing. So the support has gone completely different. And that's a testament, I hope, to Dandelion's growth and the people actually seeing that the, it's making a change and it's, um, it's doing some things. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite Dandelion stories right there. That's how it all got started. <laughs> amazing. So you've done a really good job so far throughout the podcast of kind of teasing out upcoming Dandelion events. But we want to get as many people down there as we can. Right. So if there are any that you haven't mentioned or any that yeah, you specifically want to highlight, it. let's let's tell some people what they can expect in the coming you know weeks, months, whatever you want to do at Dandelion. Yeah, so this week is uh, V Mertz. As I said, it's uh, a gal named Amanda Sheeler. She is one of V Mertz's cooks. She's a butt kicker down there. And so she's bringing her muffaletta this week, a Louisiana favorite. The week after that, we have uh, Sager yes, from Catman Do. And so he'll be down. This will be his second one. His first one was before they had opened the restaurant. Oh, wow. So we kind of will be able to see the advancement of Sager before and after because I can assure you steaming those uh, dumplings on site for Sager was no easy task the uh -huh. first time. Uh, then October 2nd is Joel Mar from Primrose and yep. Lot 2 fame. Uh, and if you haven't had a Joel Mar pop-up, make sure you're there. Uh, October 9th is Jenny Coco from J Coco, and she always just does phenomenal things. She did the uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos Elodie last time, and so that wow. was just something out of this world, right? So God knows what she's going to do this time. Isaiah Renner from Dire Lion is October 16th. Uh, B and G Tasty Foods and the B and G, um, which you just resurrected woo! a few months ago, yes. And there'll be news about that coming soon. Exciting. Um, locations are uh, eminent, and so B and G will be the twenty third, and then Jess and Paul from Block Sixteen are the day before Halloween on October thirtieth, and so in between there, Oasis Falafel is September nineteenth, a Saturday. Um, Kenny Jesus is the 26th and that'll be the Hawaiian, uh, food comedy show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Omaha performing arts is back this week with the string quartet Sunday, which is the 20th. And then they'll be back again, September 24th for a program at 6 PM as well. So that'll be their three programs and we hope to do more. 
Um, and then, like I said, as of right now, Halloween, um, Moses Mosley and Dan Whalen from Kitchen Table will be back and doing something wild on Halloween. That is exciting. Well, people, you've you've got a full calendar now. You got right. a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of Friday and Saturday lunches just got taken care of, and maybe dinners too. Right. And who knows? More and more could evolve as as we move forward. Um, now, before we get out of here, yeah. We've talked a lot about Dandelion, and I, I, lo- I love Dandelion. This has been a great discussion. But there's something from our last podcast that you kind of mentioned, but I hadn't, I didn't have the full story behind it, and now I do. You talked about going on this, this reality show uh, called yeah. Restaurant Startup several years ago. I want to say it was in 2015. You yeah. and Tim Maids went on. It was basically like a restaurant version of Shark Tank. Yes. And you got to pitch this idea to these um, – these celebrity sh- restaurant tours for a second location of over easy. And, and Tim came on a few weeks or a month ago and kind of told me a little bit of the BS behind that show. Oh man! So I need to get your opinion on it. What was that experience like for you? Um, surreal, you know, I think is the only way to encompass anything that's Hollywood. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we definitely saw the lights and that included the facade as well. Yeah. Right. And so, um, Although we had a great time, we had some connections down there. Chef Jeff Kawakami, who was a celebrity chef at the time and still a great man, he uh, showed us around, showed us the ways of L.A., and we really saw some cool things like the market. But uh, the show itself was definitely eye-opening in the sense that, you know, the competition was really what allured us first, is that Timmy and I knew we had a product that was world-class. And so we wanted to make sure that people knew and that not only did they know, they knew it was from Omaha. Mm-hmm. And so that was our goal going in is that we were going to represent hometown the way it needed to be on live TV. And so Timmy and I found that they wanted to isolate us. So it was something where instead of we as a collective, what Timmy alluded to is they wanted you to say I, uh-huh. they wanted you to take ownership for everything. Like it was only yours for all time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Timmy and I really aren't those kind of guys really, you know, we know that it takes the collective. And so that part of the behind the scenes stuff was ridiculous. And then what was more so was that when they put us all in one kitchen, Timmy had the cool and calm demeanor that he's always had. Right. So he's in there, he's executing the food to the best of his ability with the ingredients that they gave us. But now everybody else is just running amok. Uh-huh. And it is like, we don't know if we're in a situation where like, this is a behind the scenes, like gag show where <laughs> everyone around us is like <laughs> spilling oil and cutting their fingers because both of those things happen within oh close proximity gosh. to us. Yeah. And like, you know, they're throwing, <laughs> I mean, every curveball you could see is like going on and oh, by the way, it's five 30 in the morning. Uh-huh. And you know, so then you go into a room and the, the stars of the show that Tim and um, Joe aren't there. So a producer sits in the room with the hot lights beating at you and asks you like some prelim questions or maybe some of the questions you're going to already be asked. So they have backup footage, you know, and stuff like that B roll, if you will. And so we went through all that and then in come the two guys and then here come the questions again. And so by the end of it, one thing that I will say is if you ever watch that episode again, and thank you for watching it. I've uh, watched it like six times. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. At the end, at the very end, when they announce who the winner is, I think there's usually supposed to be like this, you know, pause, like just like, and thank you for offering us on the show. One thing you will know is that Timmy and Karen may have adhered to that like polite pause, but I hit the door so <laughs> fast that I just couldn't be waiting to be out of there. And we were so upset because of how well it all went mm-hmm. and how, you know, things were executed and our answers were concise, I feel, you know. And so we were we had a little, uh, you know, chip on our shoulder since then. But, I mean, it was a good experience. It definitely brought us together. It showed you what could be um you know, possible with just a startup, you know, we were eight months old and they were asking us questions about, you know, how come you aren't making any money? And I didn't say, or they cut out, well, we're eight months old and we're in West Omaha. So it's going to take us at least a year, sir. And so that part of it was interesting and fun. And I'm glad I'll be able to show my daughter that show someday. Um, because I think she'll laugh at her dad, but I mean, in the end, over easy, you know, didn't get the win, but I think now that team that we went against is out of business in LA and mm-hmm. uh, RIP roast, but we all knew all along. <laughs> uh, and so long live over easy in that case. And thanks for Timmy for putting up with me and, uh, you know, going to LA and, 
and going through the theatrics. My favorite part of it, and, you know, you kind of talked about how they, like, tried to split you guys up, and it was like, I, I, I. My favorite part of that episode is Joe Bastianich, like, the, this famous restaurateur. He goes and grabs an egg, oh. and he tosses it to you, and you've got... <laughs> You know, your business partner on one side, you've got Tim Maids, your chef on the other, and he goes, all right, now give it to your, give that egg to your most important employee or whatever. And you just got this look in your eyes like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) This is crazy. That one did catch me. You know, I mean, all that, we were kind of prepared and we had done like our homework with the numbers. So any of the, you know, the ad hoc stuff was definitely like, whoa. Right. And so all of a sudden you're catching an egg on TV. You have no idea what you're catching it for. And then they hit you in the face with this question. So that one they used for the promo for our episode is my like look in that, you know, uh-huh. on my face for that uh, sequence. But I mean, it was definitely um, I didn't know which way to go with that. You know, I mean, the answer is Timmy, but you want to be polite to Karen. Right. You know, yeah. You can't go anywhere with your chef. I'm not cooking and neither is she. Mm-hmm. And hash brown rounds, as you know, don't make themselves, you know. And so. That was the answer, but you had to be polite. Um, nonetheless, it made for good TV, and they caught me that time. Well, you handled it very well because you didn't play into his game. Like right. he, he wanted. Well, Timmy you to. made that whole segment. Timmy, you know, was with the whole like I could still make it over easy. You know, brevity was restored, and everything went back to normal, and there was good laughs. So, and that's Timmy's specialty. You know, mm-hmm. that's what uh, that's what makes us a good yin and yang there. Yes, absolutely. Well, I have taken up way too much of your time. You have a restaurant to run. You have a <laughs> pop up to run. You have people to feed. Um, before we get out of here, just if people want to learn, you know, more about Dandelion as more things are announced and, you know, more events pop up on the schedule, where can they get more information online? Yeah, right now our best outlet is Facebook and Instagram. We're in the con or we're currently revamping the uh, website right now. So we'll get all that updated. Um, there'll be some stuff in the winter. Uh, we'll have some winter dinners. Um, for you to announce to and so that kind of stuff is definitely coming down the pipe but uh, right now um, Facebook and Instagram is the best way to find us and if you need anything in the meantime meantime reach out to dandelionomaha at gmail.com we'll answer any questions but we're pretty um, present as far as if you reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram too if you have a question if you're a startup company that wants to come out and serve food any day of the week uh, please reach out to us because we're here for you um, and, uh, you know, Omaha's food scene can only be pushed forward if, uh, you have the balls to pick up the phone. Love it. Absolutely love it. Nick Bartholomew, thank you so much Absolutely. for coming on the podcast today. Enjoy your hash brown rounds and pop tarts. We, uh, brought them for you guys this year. Yeah. It's, it's time to go to town and just <laughs> feast right now. So we're going to stop the podcast right there. Omaha, thanks for eating with us.